Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation, and welcome to another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dennis Ackerman. On Sunday, the Raiders look to improve to 3-0 as they face the New England Patriots in Foxborough. The last time the Raiders won their first three games of the season was the last time they went to the Super Bowl, 2002. This is the 35th all-time meeting between these two franchises, and the Pats lead the overall series 19-15-1. New England has dominated the series of late, having won the last five in a row versus the Raiders. Silver and Black's last win against the Patriots was also 2002 in Oakland by the score of 27-20. For the second straight week, the Raiders are underdogs in this one. It's a six-point spread. And if you're liking the Raiders' chances this Sunday, then head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Before we get into previewing this game, I wanted to go back and look at the postseason history between these two franchises. Three games in all. The first time they met in the postseason was 1976. The Raiders were 13-1 and in the regular season, and their only loss was to the Patriots, and they were blowing out 48-17. The Raiders were looking for a little revenge in the divisional round matchup at the Oakland Coliseum. But in the fourth quarter, the Raiders found themselves trailing 21-17 to with under a minute to play and facing a fourth and long. Raiders quarterback Kenny Stabler's pass fell incomplete, and it looked like the Raiders would suffer yet another heartbreaking loss in the playoffs. But Patriots lineman Sugar Bear Hamilton was called for a questionable roughing the passer penalty to keep the drive alive, and the Snake would end up scoring a touchdown on a short quarterback keeper to propel the Raiders to a three-point win over the Patriots. And, of course, the Raiders would go on to beat the Minnesota Vikings in the Super Bowl, 32-14. The two teams would meet up again in the playoffs nine years later, and this time it was in L.A. The Raiders were favored at home, and everyone was anticipating a Raiders-Bears Super Bowl showdown. Unfortunately, someone forgot to tell the Patriots as they upset the Raiders at the Coliseum. During the game, Patriots general manager Pat Sullivan was verbally riding Raiders Hall of Fame lineman Howie Long during the game. So afterwards, Howie confronted Sullivan, who apparently threw a punch at Howie. That's when Raiders linebacker Matt Millen stepped in and landed a punch to Sullivan's face. Afterwards in the locker room, when Millen asked about the incident, he responded, I saw some guy take a swing at Howie. I didn't know who the moron was, so I swung at him. When Millen was informed it was Pat's general manager and son of the owner, Millen said, then it was a good hit. And finally, the infamous tuck game. January 2002, the last game at Old Foxborough Stadium, and it turned out the final game in John Gruden's first tenure with the Raiders. It's late fourth quarter, and the Raiders are clinging to a three-point lead. Charles Woodson comes on a corner blitz and sacks Brady, who fumbles, and is recovered by the Raiders' Greg Beaker. Game over, right? Raiders are headed to Pittsburgh, the AFC Championship, an old rivalry renewed. And then I remember for some reason the officials decided to review the play, and I'm sitting in my living room, 
and they're taking forever. And I'm wondering what could possibly be taking so long. There's no way they could overturn this. I'm not sure how many times CBS showed the replay, but every time it showed the same conclusion. Brady fumbled, Raiders recovered, game over. Well, I'm still not sure to this day how it was determined that Brady halted his passing motion and was attempting to tuck the ball back into his body, ruling it an incomplete pass and not a fumble. Well, as a result, we know the call was overturned, the ball given back to the Patriots, who go in for the game-tying field goal and in overtime beat the Raiders 16-13. Clearly, I am still bitter, and I know you are as well, Raider Nation, and so was Raiders head coach John Gruden, who had this to say when he was asked about it by a reporter earlier this week. He did fumble that damn ball. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of felt like, yeah, I was, I was back in a time warp seeing Sean Payton and Drew Brees last night. Uh, North Carolina Panthers, I thought it was back in the N NFC South. But uh, anytime you step in a stadium like that, it, it does bring back memories. And some of the memories aren't great, but we're excited to play. We're excited to play the Patriots and, and see what we can get done in a short week. All right, let's fast forward now to Sunday's matchup, and the Raiders' O-line continues to take hits as the team plays starting guard Richie Incognito on the IR with an Achilles injury. Now, Incognito will miss at least the next three games. He played 11 snaps against New Orleans before giving way. He was replaced by John Simpson, the rookie fourth-round pick out of Clemson, who I thought played a very solid game against the Saints. Now, there's no word on who will get the nod at right tackle for the Raiders. On Thursday, when I taped this podcast, five starters missed practice, and they included Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, Denzel Good, Trent Brown, and linebacker Nick Kwiatkowski. There was some good news as backup right tackle Sam Young returned to the field. But even with the shuffling going on with the O-line, the Raiders' offense has put up 34 points in back-to-back -back games, and that's currently fourth in the NFL. The Raiders' run game ranks near the middle of the pack, but the good news is the Patriots struggle mightily to stop the run, especially last week against Seattle when they gave up more than 150 yards on the ground. So if Jacobs is good to go on Sunday, you know Gruden would love a repeat performance of Monday night where they can pound the rock with Jacobs, set up play action for Carr, control the line of scrimmage, and control that clock. But as everyone is familiar with Bill Belichick coach teams, they'll try and take away the strength of the offense, which right now for the Raiders is running back Josh Jacobs, who's rushed for nearly 200 yards and four touchdowns. And he's also caught seven passes, which is second on the Raiders. And the Pats will also look to try and contain tight end Darren Waller. He's arguably one of the best tight ends in football. He leads the Raiders with 18 receptions, which is also second in the entire NFL trailing only DeAndre Hopkins of the Arizona Cardinals. So as Derek Carr discussed this week, even if you take away those two, the Raiders still have plenty of other weapons. Anytime you play, you know, anyone from the New England scheme and uh, not the tradition, but from that organization, um, you know, that's, that's what they do best. You know, they take away, they try and take away your best players. And that's, uh, you know, every week, every week we go out there that's what people are trying to do to Waller. So we've had some, you know, we've had some good practice at it. You know, if I'm being honest, you know, of guys, you know, doubling and doing different stuff with him. But 
uh, our other guys, um, you know, it'll be a great opportunity to see who steps up. Like, like we always talk about, we're not a selfish team, you know, um, you know, if they want to take something away, then other guys will step up. If they want to take that away, then the other guys will step up. And so, uh, we're very much into team football and, and not, not fantasy stats. So, you know, if that's what we have to do to win the game, whatever it takes to win, you know, we got, we, we definitely have to be ready. On defense, as witnessed through the first two games, this unit is a work in progress. And although they rank near the bottom of the league in yards allowed and give up nearly seven yards of play, they have still made some key plays in both wins. Against Carolina, Cleveland Farrell comes up with a big stop on fourth down in the waning minutes to secure the win. And then last week, after a very rough first quarter, near the end of the first half, Nicholas Morrow intercepts Drew Brees which leads to a game-tying field goal. And in the second half, they held the Saints out of the end zone on two out of the three possessions. The last possession by the Saints ended the game. I think the biggest area of concern has to be the defensive line, which has been disappointing in terms of putting the pressure on the quarterback. Maurice Hurst and Carl Nassib aren't getting much work as others for whatever reason. The Raiders are paying Nassib a lot of money, more than $8 million a year. And in two games... He's only been on the field for a total of 35 snaps. The Raiders have just one sack on the season, and it's not going to get any easier facing Cam Newton. Cam, through the first two games, has thrown for more than 550 yards with one touchdown, and they've also done a nice job of keeping him upright. He's only been sacked once. Cam also leads the Patriots in rushing with 122 yards and four touchdowns. I think it's safe to say there were a lot of question marks surrounding Cam in the offseason because he couldn't work out for any teams, coming off a couple of surgery. Well, he's certainly playing beyond expectations. His two favorite targets are Julian Edelman and Enkeel Harry, who each have 18 receptions. Edelman is going to be a handful for the Raiders' secondary. He's averaging over 18 yards a catch. Raiders rookie corner Damon Arnett says the key against Cam is having an eye discipline because when he starts to scramble, he'll launch one deep downfield. Okay, for more on the Patriots, please welcome Brady Farkas. He is the host of the Believe in Patriots podcast. Brady, appreciate you taking the time to join me. Dennis, thanks for having me, man. It should be a good one on Sunday. Nance and Romo got the game, so you know it's a big deal. The A-list crew for CBS. Hey, Brady, before we start with this game, I want to go back, take you back in time to 2002, the Tuck Rule game. Still a very bitter pill for Raider fans to swallow. How do Patriot fans view that game? Patriot fans will tell you to get over it. It was 20 years ago. And if you haven't made, if you haven't made enough good memories yet to get over that loss, then that is a you problem, not an us problem. Um, I talked to Lincoln Kennedy before, former radio or former Raider, and you know, he's on the Raiders radio team. And uh, you know, he he remembers it not so fondly, but uh, hey. It, uh, I would tell you to get over it is what I would say. <laughs> well, Brady, it's so different not seeing Tom Brady back there throwing the football around for the Patriots. Now it's Cam Newton. How is he fitting with the Patriots' way? He's fitting great. Um, Cam Newton has answered every question that there is. And I was, I was not against Cam per se, but I was against the signing of Cam. I just wanted them to play with Jared Stidham and just kind of see where things went. Um, Cam has been great. He has been fun he has been exciting he's brought a different brand of football it's far different than what we saw with Tom Brady for the last 20 years and 
He's played well, and all of this stuff works because Cam has played so well. He's been fun. The expectations have been lowered, which is nice. You know, for me at least, it's not Super Bowl or bust, so it's been nice to have lowered expectations. And to see Cam exceeding expectations. For the last decade, it's been, if you don't win the Super Bowl, it's a failure. This is like you're battling it out for the division, and Cam gives you a chance to do that. So how has Belichick, an offensive coordinator, played to Cam's strength so far through the first two games? Well, in, in, you know, they've had flip-flopped game scripts, really. They ran it 67% of the time against Miami. They threw it 64% of the time against Seattle. Part of that's because they were down double digits against Seattle, especially in the fourth quarter. But they have done what Cam does well. You know, Cam ran it 15 times in week one. And then the threat of Cam running in week two opened up some other things. It opened up play action. It opened up that little jump pass on the goal line where Cam threw his first touchdown of the year. His first touchdown is a Patriot. So they have done play action. They have done zone read. They have gotten Cam out in space. Cam has been, has been able to save some plays by avoiding sacks. And it's just been fun. Again, I'm not going to sit here two weeks in and say that this team is better with Cam than they would have been with Tom Brady. I just won't go that far yet. But they have let Cam run. They haven't tried to censor who Cam is on the field. They haven't tried to censor their playbook and restrict them. They're doing a lot of the same things they've always done, you know, throw in the middle of the field, play action in the middle of the field. Julian Edelman's involved. But the running with Cam, the, the, the threat of the run has opened up so many new things. You mentioned Julian Edelman, and I want to talk a little bit more about him because he seems to be the greatest benefactor of Cam. I mean, I know he has 18 catches, but Brady, he's averaging over 18 yards a catch. And with Brady, his numbers, excuse me, with Tom Brady, his numbers were never that high. Yeah, I mean, I think that's an anomaly two weeks into the season. I mean, you know, look, they were down big, you know, in quotes big, but double digits against Seattle. He hits a huge play over the middle for like 46, 48 yards over Jamal Adams. That's going to skew that. I mean, Edelman is still a possession receiver. He's still a guy you can look for in the middle of the field, eight yards here, 14 yards here. He's not going to game break too many people down the seam, I don't think, like he did last week. But there is trust there, and that's important. He's their most important wide receiver. Cam's building a rapport with Nikhil Harry, who is a first-round pick in last year's draft, who most were ready to cast off as a bust already. Hey, I want to move on. I want to ask you, I think the Patriots have the most players that opted out because of COVID-19. Where has that impacted this football team the most? Linebacker. I mean, you're going to notice that they're, they're incredibly thin at linebacker. Um, they're incredibly young at linebacker. Dante Hightower was a leader on that defense. He was their best linebacker. I mean, this is a linebacking crew that lost. Let's see, Kyle Van Noy went to Miami in free agency. Jamie Collins went to Detroit in free agency. Landon Roberts went to Miami in free agency. So they lost three of their four best linebackers. Then you throw in Hightower, they lost their fourth best linebacker. So it's a lot of young players there, a lot of guys that even Patriot fans don't know too much about right now. Josh Uche, who was one of their top draft picks, he can barely get on the field right now. He's on the injury report again. Um, Anthony Jennings out of Alabama, we haven't really seen. So they're still really good in the secondary. They're good enough up front, but linebacker is where they're sorely missing Hightower. What would you say then the strength of this football team is? Defense. Well, I take it back. Secondary, the secondary portion of the defense. Stephon Gilmore is the defensive player of the year. J.C. Jackson's a guy that most people haven't heard of, but he's very, very good 
on the other side of Gilmore. Devin McCourty, Jason McCourty are decade-long veteran Super Bowl champions with a lot of experience. And then Adrian Phillips with a pro bowler who they got from the Chargers. Kyle Duggar's a rookie. You know, jury's out on some of these guys, but they're exciting athletes who can play in hybrid matchups, and they're going to need those two to match up with Darren Waller. That's kind of the matchup I think is most, most interesting from the Raiders' perspective, and how can Waller become a mismatch? But the secondary is the strength of the team. Waller's definitely the strength of the Raiders' offense, along with running back Josh Jacobs. So I know Seattle ran the ball in New England. Can the Raiders run the ball on the Patriots as well? It's it's interesting because I think that the game plan for New England was probably let them run and don't let Russ throw, and it didn't end up really working that way. So it depends on what Belichick wants to try to take away here. I would think that they'd be okay with Derek Carr throwing the football. They're okay saying Derek Carr beat our secondary. They're more thin up front. They're more thin in the linebacking crew. So I still, I, I think they try to take away Jacobs and make Carr beat them. And Carr's actually looked pretty good through the first uh, two games of the season. I think if you polled Raider Nation, I mean, he, they are so divided on Derek Carr. It's probably 50% of them love him, and 50% of them say he just never does enough. Hey, Brady, what is the status of Patriots running back James White? Yeah, right now we don't know. He's, he hasn't practiced the last couple of days. Um, not sure when we're going to see him. Uh, it's, a, it's a tragic thing, right. obviously, what happened to him. The, the Patriots are pretty tight-lipped on everything personnel-wise. So he hasn't practiced. He's not injured. Um, I would not be shocked if he did not play on Sunday. It's certainly a loss on the field because of all he can do and the versatility that he can bring. The Patriots are fortunate, if you look at it from a football-only standpoint, that they do have a deep stable of running backs. Rex Burkhead is very good, uh, does a lot of the same stuff James White does, but is a better runner. Sony Michelle has been average throughout his the last two year and a half, but Cam there can kind of take some pressure off him. Cam can run himself. He functions as another running back. Nikhil Harry is a guy who they can bring around and, and end rounds and reverses and wide receiver screens that can mimic the running game. Edelman can do some of that. So they're okay without James White on the field probably. But um, they're thinking about him. They have heavy hearts about him. And um, he's certainly a leader that you'd love to have on the field. They're better with James White there, but they can absorb a loss of him. So, Brady, finish this sentence for me. The Patriots will win on Sunday if what happens? If the Raiders turn the football over. Um, because I'm pretty convinced that the Patriots will not beat themselves for the most part. Cam had a bad pick last week um, where Quentin Dunbar jumped the route for Seattle. He's been pretty good with the ball. Patriots don't notoriously. They're not fumblers. They have missed some kicks in the last year and a half, which is kind of anti-Patriots. So if they're going to – if the Patriots lose this game, it's going to be because I think they shot themselves in the foot and a kicking game will be a big part of it. But um, if the Raiders turn it over, the Patriots will capitalize and the Patriots won't give it to, won't give it to Vegas. All right. Finally, give me a prediction. 30 to 24 Patriots. I, I think that the Raiders are better, certainly, than nationally a lot of people – thought that they were. Um, so, and I think New England's better than a lot of people thought they were, including me. You know, I had the Patriots pegged for eight wins, and if everything went well for them, broke their way, maybe they could get to nine or ten. I think the Patriots are closer to that nine or ten than I thought. I think the Raiders are better. I think it's a good game. I think the Patriots win at 30-24. to 24. The two cross-country trips in three weeks have me would have me feeling leery if I'm a Raiders fan. I think so, too, and especially it's a short week. The Raiders – like yeah, you said, true. played up. They played on Monday nights. 
I have the uh, Raiders losing this one as well. But looking at the schedule, I'm sure everybody does it. You're like, okay, that's a win. That's a loss. In a perfect world, everything broke right. I had the Raiders at 10 and 6. It didn't. I had them at 8 and 8. I had them at a 500 team. But I had them losing last week to New Orleans. And I had them losing this week also to New England. Well, so you're already one up on your prediction. <laughs> so this was a freebie for you. Yeah, the, the Patriots, you know, Buffalo is really good. Let's just say they split with Buffalo. That's one win. They're going to sweep Miami. So that gives you three total. They're going to sweep the Jets. That gets you five. And then you start to think about where the breaks come in. Well, they're going to see Denver without Drew Locke. That gets you to six. They're going to see San Fran maybe without Garoppolo. That gets you to seven potentially who maybe they could win. I still think they could beat the Chargers later in the season. That would be eight. Like, so then you start thinking, oh, and then so who's going to have a positive test that knocks out this position player? Who's going to, you know, who's going to, someone's going to get injured. The Patriots are now, the path to that 10 wins is a lot clearer than I thought before. I think you always win one you don't expect, and you always lose one that you don't expect. So let me ask you this, Brady, is after two weeks, we know the Jets are a mess. We're not sure about the Dolphins. Uh, Buffalo looks good, but I mean, are the Patriots, is this still, are they still the class of this division? Well, everyone will tell you that, including Buffalo, because that's just what you have to say for a team that's won the division, you know, for 18 straight years or whatever, or for 17 of the last 18 years or whatever it is. Um, Buffalo is favored in Vegas, and I think Buffalo deserves to be favored in Vegas. I think that Buffalo is very good. I think if Josh Allen looks like he's, you know, looks like he's looked the last two weeks, I think Buffalo is even better because Allen was the thing kind of holding them back or that we all thought was holding them back. They're going to be really tested this week against the Rams. Um, I think the Rams are better than I thought they were too. So I think Buffalo is right to be favored, but I do think the Patriots will win one game against Buffalo this year. and I think they will be battling for the division title now, which I didn't think a week ago. Great stuff, Brady. Really appreciate you joining us. Raiders, Patriots should be a good one on Sunday. Thanks, Dennis. Appreciate it. Don't forget, you can check out Brady's Believe in Patriots podcast, and you can also follow him on Twitter at F.A. Brady Radio. All right, Raider Nation, that's going to do it for this edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast, the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dennis Ackerman. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.